Hi, everybody. Before we start this week's episode, a quick note. Last week, we put out, some might say, a request. Some might say an unhinged and maybe even alienating demand for positive feedback in the form of ratings and reviews. And we just wanted to thank you. A lot of you complied with our demands, and that was super sweet of you. And we especially want to thank Barbara, Jack, and JJ, who left the sweetest, most glowing reviews. Probably the nicest things that maybe have ever been said about any of us, quite frankly. So just know you and everybody who rated and Spotify and Apple totally made our weeks, and we appreciate it. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to Watch. This is Dina here with Will and Rachel, as always. Hello. My esteemed co-hosts. Very esteemed. So esteemed. We are extremely excited to hop back into the world of Crescent City with you all today. Well, I'll let you take it away. Let's get into it. Wow. Thank you. Very excited for today. I feel like we've been pretty negative on our two main boys so far. Not not pretty negative, but I, I worry sometimes a listener might get the impression we are being overly negative. I am not negative to Rune, to be clear. Right. Because right. I have That's my true. blinders on. Yes, mm. you do. And anyway, I want to. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I think we've treated them appropriately. Yes. And the nice thing is we are now hitting the part of the book where I think their behavior starts improving a little bit and ergo our feelings towards them start <laughs> improving a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. and which is not to say we're done with the male ineptitude no no of course not. Not. we're never done one is never done <laughs> there's more of that but anyway this this episode i think sort of marks the turning point and that's fun and exciting and some people are shirtless indeed <laughs> And that helps. <laughs> we left last episode with the inadvertent reveal on Hunt's part <laughs> that the angel Bryce saved in the alley the night that Danica and all her other friends were horrifically murdered was, in fact, Micah, the governor of the territory and leader of the city, which she didn't know, I guess, because he was so... His face was messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have known it was Joe Biden if I found, but... No, like, if you if you fine. found an old man with his face bashed in, sorry for the And, image. like, maybe not and, like, in his suit. you were on both Lightseeker and Mirthroot and had just found all of your friends murdered. That's true. She had a lot going on. <laughs> there was yeah. a bit happening in her brain. So Bryce starts flipping out, primarily because she had freaked out about the angel. She had, I guess, called all these hospitals yeah. to figure out what happened to the angel. Oh, Bryce. I think sometimes we get this, it sort of sometimes annoys me, where the protagonist has to be so nice and so caring and so thoughtful of everyone else, yada, yada, yada. But we understand here from the book that the primary reason I think that Bryce really wanted this is she wanted to feel some control over that night and feel yeah. a sense that something she had done had mattered, which felt mm-hmm. very authentic and real. Right. So she's upset that she'd been kept in the dark about this because she'd been really freaked out about it. Hunt says it was mostly optics because it would look bad if a half-fay kind of party girl saved our almighty governor. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? And then he kind of puts his foot in it for the first, but, you know, oh, again, God. not the last yeah. time. And he says, did you want a medal or something? A parade? Hunt, sweetie, remember you're supposed to be trying to, like, talk her down from, like, a PTSD breakdown after you forced (laughs) her to go to a crime scene? 
Mm-hmm. Like, must we be poking her right now? No, but you could tell he's so out of his depth because he yeah. starts backpedaling hard too much. <laughs> and he kind of, he steps right back into the shit that he just stepped in and moved forward. He just takes a step back into it again because he says, I'm sorry for all of it, Quinlan. I'm sorry we didn't tell you. I'm sorry you're on my suspect list. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> And she screams at him to fuck off, which, yeah, fuck off, dude. Yeah. She's upset for, you know, the obvious reasons. Why? How could she be a suspect in her best friend's death? Right. He does fuck off. He jumps into the sky and she starts running. Just a cathartic, we're avoiding therapy, so we go for a run kind of run. I just love when you can kind of productively channel your trauma into your fitness routine and right, staying right. hot. Yeah. Can't really relate, but happy for all who can. <laughs> <laughs> so Hunt is flying over her, but at least has the sense to realize he shouldn't be immediately approximate to her. The two brain cells. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're working so hard. She keeps running until her phone buzzes, at which point she makes a hard veer towards the White Raven, our favorite club. She gets the White Raven. I think it's maybe raining. She stands outside the club, as Rach would say, and, (laughs) you know, engages in some self-harm. This time, when she pulls up her text thread, it's the one with Danica. And she's going through their final text together, and it's, like, the picture of the pack at the Sunball game. It's all their texts from that night. And that leads to a flashback that Dina alluded to last episode. We don't get that much more, but basically, so this is the motorcycle accident. And the Mm. flashback is, it's a night of their (laughs) senior year of college, which at a certain point we should return to. For some reason, they are kneeling on the pavement, all beat up, all scraped up. The stolen motorcycle has crashed, it seems, in some kind of car chase. And they are on the verge of being executed. There are some other people there who are searching for bullets. And when they get the bullets, the idea is they're going to execute them. Now, obviously, they were not executed. We know that. Right. Mm -hmm. But we are left in suspense as to, like, what happened, why they were there, yada, yada, yada. But the important moment that I think this flashback is supposed to convey is this was the first time Danica told Bryce that she loved her. She was like, I love you. I'm so sorry. Like, last final words. Right. And it says she had never said those words before, ever. Bryce had teased her for the past three years about it, but Danica had refused to say them. Which to me, I'm just going to say, it's a little gay to me. I'm just going to put <laughs> well, that out there. So I feel like this will come up again later in this episode. <laughs> Along those lines, Bryce at one point gazes at Danica's, quote, beautiful, fierce face. Mm, yes. I did actually underline that in my Kindle. I'm sure you did. Anyway, flashback ends. Bryce enters the club. Wait, can I just have a small thing? Yeah. This whole Danica doesn't say I love you, but wears a fucking motorcycle jacket that right. says everything from love, love, everything is possible. It's like, what? Which like, is what's it? the, yeah, pick a She's lane. a chaotic bisexual. I think that yeah, is. That's that probably is it. That's the explanation. <laughs> and we learn later that it's not like she got the jacket after the incident. I think she had the jacket yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so, mm, okay, anyways. Okay, so we switch to Hunt's perspective, and he's basically like, oh, wow, am I stupid? I think I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But not, dear listeners, for the reason you might think, because he is worried that he inadvertently let Micah's secret slip 
and Mike is going to fall out because either Bryce, in her rage, will call Jessica and Jessica will use it in some way, or we'll just call Micah. Again, bro, not everything is about you. Not everything is about you, and he just doesn't seem to really be learning from recent recent events in which he maybe misjudged Bryce because he thinks to himself, maybe he'd bribe Bryce with a new pair of shoes or some purse or whatever the fuck might be enticing enough to keep her mouth shut. I know. Like You, you just... have this whole thing about yeah. how they're going to start reforming their behavior. But... <laughs> We're not quite there yet. We're yeah. not quite there, but they just had that whole moment in the library. Right. Yeah. Where he like, has these realizations. It's like, oh my God. Those two brain cells are so tired. They must have just given up at this point. They're getting a workout. Okay, but then, see, we're peppering in the cute stuff because when she's stopped outside of the club looking at her phone, he's watching her Mm. from the rooftop. And it says he must have checked his own phone a dozen times in those five minutes like a pathetic fucking loser hoping she'd message him. Yeah, he's desperate. So, so yeah, we're getting cute. some of I it. Like we're getting some of it. Yeah. He processes and realizes maybe he shouldn't have brought Bryce to the murder scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he wishes that his lover, Shahar, were still alive and around so he could talk through these problems with her. And because nobody had challenged him like she did. And part of me is like, Bub, anyone could have told you these past several decisions you made are dumb, but... You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel bad that she's dead. So Also, it's like, sorry, do you like talking things out and being challenged? Because you seem to be very annoyed whenever Bryce does it, but fine. Annoyed, but he also, as we've discussed, he loves a neg. Yeah. He sees her going to the club and tries to follow. Here we get a nice little view into Hunt's politics. Hunt as DSA chapter member. Mm. He reveals he's never been to the club which smells like, by the way, sex and sweat and booze, because it reminded him too much of the villas, the palaces, etc., and Pangera, the other continent, where, quote, feasts turned to orgies that lasted for days, all while, quote, people starved mere steps away. He, quote, knew his temper and triggers well enough to stay the fuck away. He's like a, like a sweet little social, like, <laughs> he has no control over his emotions, but Gross inequality might drive him to a murderous rage. I really appreciate that interpretation. And I'm going to try to go with that because I was just like, dude, it's a public club. Just go dance and have fun. Stop torturing <laughs> yourself all the time. You could go. It's a little dramatic. Yeah. Get a little down on the dance floor. Might help you. I can't really imagine him dancing. No. Teenage. Bryce is not stoked that he hath arrived and is like, get out, whatever, whatever. Anyway, shortly, Juniper shows up. She smells like jasmine and vanilla, which I, I'm sorry I didn't send to you in the mail. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It turns out Juniper had been the person who called Bryce during the run. There's some banter about how Bryce is drinking a huge clear glass of what Hunt assumes is gin or vodka, but then it turns out actually she's just been drinking water and he's a complete dick. Yeah. <laughs> he also orders food for her, which is obviously cringe and kind of alpha hole. But at the same time, he had been paying close enough attention that one, he knew she hadn't eaten all day and two, knew her favorite takeout order. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is mixed. It's mixed, yeah. mixed, mixed emotions. There. It's exactly mm-hmm. like one of those things we talked about before, where if this was someone who I was almost getting the ick with or like wasn't super into ick, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. If this is like it's someone super hot that you're, yeah. that you're super into and they're paying attention to your takeout order, hot. It can kind of be both at once. By the way, in this slew of mixed bag things, we got to add a point in the we like him column because also Juniper oh, yeah. is vegan girly because oh, she's a fawn, yeah. so she doesn't like animal byproducts yeah. or meat or anything. Fair. And so she orders a veggie burger and he was like, oh, do you mind if I get meat? Because he knows that it's upsetting to some fawns to even be around meat. So conscientious king. Woke king, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cute. Five points for him for that. Yeah. He does order a ribeye because he's a red-blooded American or whatever, you know. (laughs) Bryce is mad, so she goes to the bathroom. Juniper follows. And then who shows up but Rune Dannon, who was apparently called, I will note, for the second time in this book so far, (laughs) by Riso when Bryce showed up at the club. It's kind of annoying of Riso at this point to be the little spy, but I think probably what's happening is Rune is hot, and sometimes gay men just, like, it's kind of inexplicable, but a hot straight man, he can't really resist. And so wow. I think Riso is sort of just, like, he's, it's like he's, he doesn't have, like, a reason for it, but he gets to talk right. to Rune more. He gets to, like, send him a he text. Gets, mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I think that's what he's in it for. Wow, that's, like, some top-tier analysis, Will. Thank you. Thank I think you. that's exactly right. Hunt is still sort of reflecting on how badly he's fucked up in the past hour. When Bryce comes out of the bathroom and sees Rune, she starts giving him a death stare. And we think it's, we're just going to get kind of like a whole redux of indignant, right. rightfully, probably angry Bryce. And then, oops, the entire club blows up from mm. an explosion, oh, like mm-hmm. a literal explosion. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Didn't see that one coming. But don't worry your pretty little heads. Like, nobody is hurt, which I mean, I think several people died, but no named characters. Yeah, off screen, off camera, extras only. Totally R.I.P., but, you know. it doesn't really matter. It's another day in Crescent City, really. Bryce had thrown herself on top of Juniper as the explosion happened. She later tells Hunt the reason she did this was because Juniper's big break and the ballet scene is upcoming. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Juniper had done the drop. What do you made the drop? Made the drop. Made the drop. Whatever the verb is. Made the drop two years ago and is effectively invulnerable. Bryce obviously has not. And so that was really stupid and dumb. And I yeah. think we'll we'll pick up on this fact imminently. But you know, Bryce maybe doesn't think her life has a whole lot of value right now. Yeah. And Juniper Sweet Bryce. gets quite upset at this. And, like, slugs her in the face. <laughs> yeah. Not not the best reaction. It's love. In the wake of a, a, a bomb. Right. Just, like, hauling off and, like, decking your friend who tried to save you. Not the best, but, you know, who can say? Yeah, but they're both traumatized from losing most of their friends. And right. neither of them can handle the other one dying. And they're right. probably, and... I mean, they have, like, a lot of endorphins running. No, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Adrenaline. <laughs> endorphins are, like, the good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Rune and Hunt are fine because they're, whatever, immortal, and decide that Hunt will take Bryce back to Rune's place. It's just as fucked up as it was the last time we were here. He tries to patch Bryce up. There's, like, a little first aid kit. And it turns out there's still more kind of, like, shame for Hunt to descend into because in cleaning up her scrapes... On her knees, Mm. he sees the scar on her leg and realizes that her limping around has been because she never got the scar healed, as he had assumed. And she isn't this, like, party girl that he has thought she is. He maybe goes a little overboard, actually, here in blaming himself because he's like, 
I treated her, I'm so dumb, I treated her like a soldier and stapled her wound shut like it was on the battlefield. And like, I don't know, you probably stopped her from bleeding out. Right. You probably did need to do that. What you probably didn't need to do was immediately assume that she got a plastic surgeon to fix it because all she cared about was her thigh and not the deep trauma that she experienced. Well, this is what I was going to say, in which it is perhaps unnecessary, but directionally correct in that he is in a deep deficit and so should just at least feel bad, even if maybe for the wrong reason. That's fine. We get the first flirty spice. Oh, thank God. They're going to say, okay, great. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) She's in a chair and he's on the ground cleaning her scripts or whatever. And Bryce says, quote, when males are kneeling between my legs, Athelar, they're not usually grimacing. (laughs) Like, unless it was me, then. (laughs) Will would certainly be grimacing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, unless it was you. Anyway, Rune arrives after, you know, whatever. Well, but uh, sorry, can we just Please. first of all, let me flip open to this page because we got some other things to say. You know, first of all, Hunt notes that the thick, angry scar cut across an otherwise sleek, unnervingly mm. perfect thigh. Important. Ooh. And after she says the thing about when males are kneeling between my legs, he says, what? But her words registered just at the moment he realized his hand still gripped her calf the silky skin beneath brushing against the calluses on his palms. Just as he realized that he was indeed kneeling between her thighs and had leaned closer to her lap to see that scar. Had leaned closer? To her lap. Mm. And then when she said that about the kneeling, it also says he reeled back, unable to help the heat rising to his face. <sighs> I love when heat rises to someone's face. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Just yes. our blushing angel boy. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. I also love that she was just like barely survived an explosion and is still able to. She like, still got it. Yeah, she still got that it. sass. Yeah. yeah. Rune arrives after, I think, tokenly supervising some initial police work in scare quotes. Right. Mm -hmm. The consensus seems to be that the people who planted the bomb were probably human rebels. And the reason they think that is the rebels left a calling card. And I was like, okay, (laughs) in every mystery, that means it's not who planted the bomb. Mm. Right. I don't know. They haven't watched as much as I have, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In addition to a calling card, there is a branded image of what looks like it might be a C, but actually also looks like a curved horn, mm-hmm. <gasps> a.k.a. the Horn of Luna. Our sort of genius detectives deduce this is unlikely to be a coincidence, but they don't really get much further than that. Bryce proposes that they try to talk to Briggs, who we understand is being kept in prison, a.k.a. tortured. Probably. Yeah. Rune immediately does his big brother protective thing. Like, no way. Like, can't, like, what? Like, no, can't do that. But Hunt, sweet Hunt, this is where I think he begins to learn. Because I think he's realizing, oh, I'm not very good at this. She's way better at this. So he immediately backs her up. And he's like, I'll put in a request. Fear not. Mm -hmm. While he's doing that, Rune tells Bryce that Daddy Autumn King knows that she's been involved in the quest for the horn. And wants her to have security stay at her house. 
Funny how that happens. Rune means himself, but it seems at least partly despite her brother, perhaps for some other reasons too, she is very eager to say, oh, I need protection. Well, Hunt can stay over. How about (laughs) that? And I just love that we now have forced proximity by two separate kings have kind of collaborated Mm -hmm. to get our two lovebirds. As well as her kind of forced proximitying herself to, like, piss off her dad. Right, yeah. Yeah. The motivations are all, they all work well, because, like, Rune sort of puts up with it, because he doesn't want to draw too much attention to the fact that Daddy Autumn King cares about supposedly this, like, random relative. Right. Well, also, she still kind of hates him. Yeah. So she's like, well, you're not fucking living with me. So Bryce asks Rune what brought him to the club. And because he didn't want to, like, reveal that Riso is his spy, (laughs) um, (laughs) Rune says he wanted to see the library under the gallery in case his kind of, like, star sparkle power led him to a new book. Bryce, who I think we've learned is a savvy negotiator at this point, puts up a, a bit of a fight, but then agrees he can come check out the library. So long as he places Tekke Declan at her disposal to do some little hacking research things. Namely, this involves tracking Danica's whereabouts her last few days by hacking into the wolf whatever servers or something. A, love this. B, really made me smile when Rune asked about the secret library and both Bryce and Hunt, who are supposed to be genuinely keeping the secret, are like, what library? (laughs) What library? What could you possibly mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the worst kept secret library in all of Crescent City. Similarly, their mission is supposed to be a secret. And when she asks for Declan's help, Rune is like, well, I'll have to tell him. And if I tell him, he's going to tell Flynn because he can't not tell Flynn. So they're just going to have to know, too. And Bryce is like, okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) But like the crew's coming together and now we have like the cool gay together. hacker Declan coming in. Like amazing. Hunt and Bryce get back to the building. She is wiped and introduces him to her skeptical doorman. Who's an ur sign shifter, by the way. What is, is that a bear? Is that a yeah. horse? Bear. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. Okay, I'm updating the image in my head of the doorman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how sweet. Love him. I know. He's protective grizzly yeah. bear doorman. Cute. That's great. Hot. Hot question. <laughs> question, Hot mark. question mark. They get up to the hallway of her apartment, only to realize that her keys were in her purse, which I think either got lost or destroyed or something in the in explosion. The yeah. And so Hunt has to go down to get the keys. He gets the keys. <laughs> and then, quote, when Hunt returned, he found her sitting against her door, legs up and spread enough to show a pair of hot pink underwear. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Thank you for bringing this up. Because actually, pin pin in the hot pink underwear until the end. We're going to talk about it later in the episode. Okay. Can't wait. I was going to say it's so funny because I was like, like, who cares? Like, this isn't that interesting. And then I was like, oh, I guess if it was a boy in his gym shorts and boxers, like, yeah. Look at get, you, yeah. Will, developing empathy for the straights and like really putting yourself mm-hmm. in their shoes. <laughs> in, in Pride Month, nonetheless. I guess yeah, probably wow. not when this comes out, but when we're recording it. Yeah. <laughs> so they get inside. They start having a real conversation and Hunt asks why she wanted to wait to do the drop. She reveals it's because she was supposed to do the drop with Danica, obviously, and Connor and Thorne were going to be their anchors. She says, when they all died, a light went out in me. 
which I think we've all picked up by now, but it's yeah. important that she's saying this to him. Yeah. Hunt then asks, <laughs> this is what I meant by getting back to this later. I know. <laughs> Hunt then asks if she and Danica were lovers. And tragically, the answer he receives is no. Dina, do you have thoughts? I have so many thoughts. Well, it's actually so funny because a big part of me is like, it's okay when I do it, Hunt, but it's not okay when you do it. Because clearly, like, you just don't understand the depth of female friendships. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then when I do it, Mm -hmm. hello, she was, like, staring at her beautiful, fierce face, petting her ribs when she was a wolf. Yeah. Hot. But then he's like, oh, were you lovers? And I'm like, I'm sorry, have you never had a really close best friend? I would lose all the light in me if my best friend died hunt. Right. Yeah. So clearly I'm still not over my hunt issues and I'm working on that. But I do appreciate that he was on my side here in this moment. I think it's very much their best friends in the way that two women who may or may not know they're queer are best friends, where they also really, really love each other. And even though nothing happens, the emotions are perhaps even more than your typical best friendship. And that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. And I will say maybe even, if you'll forgive me, Dina, if we put the LGBTQ fantasies aside for just a second, (laughs) it is kind of nice for SJM to make this friendship And the stakes of a friendship, the emotional driver, and not just like... Totally. It's always like a dead lover, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But they're obviously all different kinds of important relationships in people's lives. And No, as a single person whose most important relationships are my friendships, this is actually also really good representation. I think that's true, Will. Mm -hmm. But like, would they have fucked by 27? (laughs) Probably. Anyway. (laughs) To reciprocate the emotional sharing... Hunt tells Bryce about the deal with Micah, both about the original deal and the better deal he's getting if they bring this case to a close. I actually really like this because this is one of those things that could have been held off to the end and then they get in a big fight because he never told her. And I'm kind of like, Mm. okay, realistically, they're spending 24-7 together and they are starting to share this shit. Yes, good that he actually shared it early and that they can bond over it. Yeah. And give some context to why he's being like so psycho about this. Yeah, Yeah. totally. No, I agree. And and her reaction was quite nice too because it wasn't one of these, wow, you're a monster. Like, I think she said something like that. He's like, what, you're not going to tell me I'm like an asshole or a douchebag or something? And she's like, well, you basically just did it for yourself. But it's like sassy and she's not actually... She understands right. his perspective, and there's none of this faux. How dare you? Yeah. So anyway, when he when she gets her sass back, he starts thinking about quote the hot pink underwear underneath the green dress. He tries not to. He tries not to, but he does. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and he finally apologizes to her, which long overdue, but wow. we'll take it. Mm-hmm. I actually love when he's apologizing to her. He says. I thought you were just a party girl, and I acted like an asshole. I love what Bryce says here. She says, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with being a party girl. I don't get why the world thinks there is. But she considered his words. It's easier for me when people assume the worst about what I am. It lets me see who they really are. Mm Yeah, A, I love that she's like, what is wrong with something about a girl who likes to have fun? Why are we all demonizing that? Yeah. So true. And B, I like that she's like, yeah, I'm not doing it because I'm dumb. I'm doing it because it's a really easy way for me to see who I can trust or not. Yeah. Is that real? And is she actually just kind of self-sabotaging a little bit sometimes? Sure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Pour one out for all the... I guess not pour one out. We stan our girls doing Lightseeker at the club. You know? Mm -hmm. Representation. (laughs) Right. Like, that's feminism. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But yeah, anyway, then they get Shake Shack. 
They get Shake Shack, basically. Whatever your favorite Shake Shack analog is, that's what they get. They get cheeseburgers mm. and milkshakes. She immediately passes the fuck out. He goes to the guest room, which apparently this penthouse has. Oh, yeah. Of course. And undresses. We don't really get as much detail as maybe we deserve. And <laughs> um, so Hunt goes to sleep, and he wakes up the next day scenting a male. <laughs> and that's a danger. <laughs> JK, it's Siri. Oh. Who apparently had opened his door. I love that Siri is sitting on his pillow swatting his face because that is exactly how my cat Phoebe wakes me up mm-hmm. in the morning. And I just thought that was so endearing and so cute. He gets up. He doesn't hear Bryce. So he goes to check on her. Mind you, he puts his pants on, but his shirt got kind of fucked up in the explosion. So he just leaves that off. Up. Oh, can't, can't put the shirt on. Gotta be shirtless. Gotta be yeah. shirtless. Walking around her apartment. His hands are tied, okay? His hands are tied. He sort of creepily peers through her cracked door to check on her, mind you. And uh, (laughs) she's sprawled face down with a low-backed gray nightgown edged with a pale pink lace that barely covers her butt. Tattoos on the back. And he sort of is just looking at her and immediately starts thinking about how much of a creepo he is. But at that moment, (laughs) unfortunately for him, sweet vanilla and whatever juniper waltzes in with chocolate croissants. Okay, I'm so sorry, but this is where I do need to stop and talk some outfits, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm upset because I could have sworn, and I might be wrong, I thought, so we have this sexy little negligee, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought she was wearing also lace underwear. Maybe she's not. I think she is. Oh, okay, she is. She's wearing teal lace underwear, I think. Thank you. Okay, she's wearing teal lace underwear. Now, I have a couple issues with this. Mm -hmm. First of all, Will, what what do you know about how one should sleep in terms of their vaginal health such a good question what should one what should one wear to bed um wow like running shorts is that an option (laughs) sure sure i didn't really know it was like a health situation thing to be honest i think is the air good or bad do you want more air or less air you want you want air you want some airflow for sure okay to like kill the bacteria or like to not increase bacteria i i don't know okay yeah okay you're supposed to let it breathe, so, like, either no underwear or... You're meant to not be wearing underwear. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Either that or a breathable fabric, like cotton, basically, Okay. when you sleep. You should not regularly be wearing synthetic lace underwear while you're sleeping. I just want you to know that, Will. I think yeah. all of our girlies know this. Away. File it away. Okay, so problematic and unrealistic because also, okay... She got home, she's so exhausted from the bombing, and she's like, let me slip into a slinky silk number and some teal. A different pair of underwear, because she was wearing a hot pink. Hot pink. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah, but even more so than the underwear, you just survived a bombing after having to go to a crime scene and have a PTSD episode and you're going to come home and not put on a giant sunball t-shirt? Big t-shirt, exactly. Where is your giant t-shirt, Bryce? And then I'm like, is she fucking with Hunt to do this? Or did, does she actually, it makes it seem like she just actually sleeps in these things. And it's like, you would be in a big t-shirt. We all know you would be in a big t-shirt. Where's your yeah, big t-shirt? You would be in a big t-shirt and you should not be wearing lace underwear on the reg to bed. Okay. And to wow. be clear, she could have still been looking hot in her ratty big t-shirt with oh, like, yeah. a little bit of like underwear peeking out. 
Exactly. So that's one level of my qualms. The second level, which <laughs> pertains both to this outfit and to the tight green dress with hot pink underwear. Mm-hmm. And here we have the teal underwear with the gray and the pink trim. Why is it so wet seal? Mm. Forever 21. Like, what are these colors? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know those are dated references, but that's because I think Sarah J, bless her, she's a little bit older than us. She's dated. No, there's like, a part wh- actually. It might have been recently where she was walking in her tight dress and she had on flats. And I couldn't help but picture the kind of, not the new ballet flats that are coming back, like the 2007 right. flat. I'm like, why are we in this 2007, 2010? Right. Wait, so you're telling me one is meant to color coordinate one's underwear? No. No. Not color coordinate. So when you are leaning up on the wall and like, you know, let someone catch a glimpse, it like makes sense. No, you don't need a color coordinate. Yeah. The hot pink and the teal teal. of it all. I see. Why not like a sexy neutral, sexy black? Right. It feels like any moment now she's going to be like, and then Bryce put on her BB t-shirt with rhinestones on it. Right. Which again is a very millennial reference, but... Yeah, no, I'm with you. We can still be hot, hot sluts, but let's get a neutral tone. Again, I know I'm... S- again, we we still want to be sluts here. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, I'm probably... I'm bringing my 32-year-old sensibilities <laughs> here. I mean, look, this podcast isn't going to work if we're not our authentic selves, so... <laughs> right. I just had to get that off my chest. Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you for that contribution. No, that was healing. We might cut my longer sort of lecture about vaginal sleeping health. No, I think it's like a... Like, we probably get the government to pay us for it. Wow. <laughs> Juniper shows up with apology chocolate croissants for like punching Sorry her friend I in the face. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry I ducked you after you saved my life. To be clear, if either of you ever decks me, I absolutely want to be apologized to with chocolate croissants. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Hunt is sort of like, like I don't know. I mean, it's not what it looks like. You know, that whole thing <laughs> happens. And there's like a funny moment where Hunt realizes, oh, Juniper's not looking at me the way some women do. <gasps> She's looking at me. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, I didn't even... Yeah. Which, you know, who knows if it's for one reason that's interesting or another reason or both reasons. Juniper and Bryce catch up. Apparently, Riso has put a bounty on catching the bombing perps. I don't know. Again, there are lots of laws, but it's also the Wild West. You can just kind of put a contract out on someone and Fury, their other friend, will maybe collect on it and kill them for you. (laughs) Whatever. I love that it's also like, oh, yeah, Riso's super chill butterfly shifter. But when he's mad. Yeah, if you cross him. (laughs) He pops off. Yeah. Juniper learned this from Fury. And then Bryce gets mad all over again because Fury hasn't been taking her calls, but she took Juniper's calls. And Juniper's like, look, we all coped in our own ways. And then the entire genre's anti-therapist vibe gets distilled into Bryce (laughs) saying back, what, your therapist tell you that? As if, like... (laughs) Yes. Like, literally, yes, Yeah, actually, and it's like, right. Anyway, Juniper apologizes for punching her, mentions the gorgeous angel in the kitchen, and hunts with his good hearing in the kitchen, like, oh, yeah, I am gorgeous. (laughs) So Bryce comes out into the kitchen and is talking about how she needs to replace her keys. And Hun asks for a set. And that sets her off. She calls him an alpha hole. And I guess this is a term she made up. Because he's like, alpha hole? And she's like, quote, alpha hole, possessive and aggressive. She waved a hand at his bare torso. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you males who rip your shirt off at the slightest provocation. 
who know how to kill people in 20 different ways, who have females falling over themselves to be with you. And when you finally bang one, you go full on mating frenzy with her, refusing to let another male look at her, talk to her, deciding what and when she needs to eat, what she should wear when she sees her friends. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she just keeps going on. <laughs> Your favorite hobbies so are brooding, fighting, and roaring. You've perfected about 30 different types of snarls and growls. You've got a cabal of hot friends. And the moment one of you mates, the others fall like dominoes too. And gods help you when you all start having babies. Dot, 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 dot. And like the only way he can stop her is he takes the croissant out of her hand. <laughs> I love it. I love this whole moment. Keep going. Yeah. So he's like three things. One, the last thing I want to do is fuck you, which like the is fly, it? But sure. Is it? <laughs> Two, I don't have any friends. Okay, that part seems true. <laughs> three, I'm not the one who's clothing optional all the time. You're the one strutting around your penthouse apartment in the morning naked, but like. Honestly, if you have a penthouse apartment, what else are you meant to do? Right. Yeah. Anyway, they're like back and forth. It's very, you know, I was thinking, and then I thought this is basically every every one of these books is kind of aiming for the Harrison Ford as on Solo and Princess Leia relationship, and it's all that. Well, I don't know, princess, and like everyone's just being sassy with each other. I don't specifically get the reference, but I do generally know what you mean. Ugh. Wait, well, I loved at the moment where he's, first of all, like, you have the dirtiest mouth I've ever heard, sweetheart. Right. <laughs> and from yeah. the way you act, I think you might You're be the alcohol, alcohol here. Yeah. And then one of my favorite things ever happens, which is she hissed. And this is when you're reading and you're like, okay, yeah, like she hissed. And then he makes fun of her and is like, haha, snarls and growls. What the fuck does it mean to hiss? What is she doing? Right. <laughs> like, what is she doing? Like, what sound yeah. is she actually making? Yeah, that is a great point. <laughs> So we begin this final section of the episode with my favorite nugget, which is that apparently Micah is sort of our woke pro-labor <laughs> Governor Bay because he gives the angels weekends off. That or wow. the Fair Labor Standards Act exists in this world, and he's not willing to pay time and a half. The fair labors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so the Triarii, all five of them, mind you, have weekends off, but... Jessica is not, that's not her vibe. No. No. We get the sense she would not take well to like a kind of union effort at her workplace no. because Bryce is expected in the gallery. So they go to the gallery. Just a quick fit alert. Bryce is wearing a little wee black dress, some subdued makeup mm -hmm. and sky high black heels. And Hunt keeps thinking of her lingerie. And then there's a line that's like, for whatever reason, he found himself dropping onto the cobblestones behind her. <laughs> yeah, just like randomly. What reason could that be? I do love, though, the moment of growth that we're seeing here where he's starting to put together that he's like, oh, it's her armor. They're like the leather and steel that I don every morning. And it's just classic male has one brain cell and finally puts together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's growing. He's learning. And I, it was like 101, but I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. It was promised at the beginning of this episode. He's making a, a, a slow turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make chit chat uh, again about days off, as all beleaguered workers should. And Rune is going to join them. So Hun asks about the fight between Bryce and Rune. We don't really get much except that Rune got mad because she was flirting with his friends or something and then called her. A half-breed slag, which is terrible. Yeah. yeah. It seems like that was a bit of an escalation. Yeah. From, again, the whatever, 60-year-old man. Anyway. <laughs> right. 
Hunt reveals all the backstory about Sandriol. It's just good bonding. One must know one's one must know one's friends slash lovers enemies. Yeah, one must. Yeah, because yeah. then their enemies can become your enemies, and that's how all the best friendships are created. Right. Honestly, she knows how to talk to men because she's, like, looking straight ahead, like, not making eye contact. Like, you ever want to talk about it, Athelar? I'm here. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Like, yeah. you can't, can't embarrass him when you're offering emotional support. <laughs> okay. And sorry, this actually maybe is my actual fun, my favorite part of the episode, because I guess they're walking to the gallery at this point and they pass the gate and Hunt asks Bryce if she ever made a wish at the gate. Oh my God, right. Oh, and Bryce says when she was 13, she asked, quote, for my boobs to get bigger, to which Hunt replies, quote, seems your wish paid off, Quinlan, end quote. <laughs> Understatement. Big fucking lace covered understatement (laughs) and then she asks the same and he doesn't want to reveal all his grim past yeah and so he says since i'm perfectly happy with the size of my assets i'd wish for you to stop being such a pain in my ass oh my god also will my favorite here is when he like elbows her ribs quote unable to stop himself from making physical contact and it's just like classic (laughs) early stage flirting where you're like (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it's great we love it so we cut to the library rune is at the giant work table Lily is flirting with him, asking about his piercings. Rune is looking for the horn, while Bryce and Hunt look for the Crystallos demon thing. Mm-hmm. Bryce has this genius moment where she types in demon plus fey into the search database, <laughs> and everyone's very impressed. Really advanced Boolean <laughs> right. search there. Well, and I guess she's searching the art database. They've given up on finding a kind of textual description. Right. So they're looking for, like, vases and such. Because it's, like, super old, and she's like, you know what else is super old? Ancient art. art. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool, Smart. Cool. So this is a scene where Rune also starts to make his little turn and behave slightly better. But there's a sweet little moment where he compliments her taste in music, Josie and Laurel. Oh my gosh, right. Is this like the Indigo that- Girls or something? I, know, <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, the Indigo Girls? <laughs> <laughs> like, just more queer baiting yeah. from SJM. They're soaring, haunting, like, acoustic, like, whatever the fuck it was. (laughs) It's so sweet and so awkward because he compliments her and she just says thanks. And I think we get a little thing. Hunt is sitting there like, uh, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is awkward. Rune is doing his little, my starborn power will draw me to whatever. So he's dodging some carnivorous books and he lands on great romances of the fae. Everyone's going to make fun of him. Yeah. I want that book. Also, they like actually maybe get some helpful information out of this great mm-hmm. romances of the Fae. And I'm like, wow, just like they are learning some really important things from their romances. So we too can wow. learn so, so much. Meta. And wow. are we are therefore allowed to read as much uh, fantasy romance as we so please. This book informs us that Prince Pelias, which if you forgot who that is, who can blame you? <laughs> Back in the day when the Fae first arrived or something, he had a lot of Starborn juju. Ooh. But anyway, there were multiple people with Starborn powers, apparently. Okay. And only the Starborn could make sacred objects a la the Horn. And so to hunt the Horn, the Prince of the Pit stole some of 
Prince Peleus's blood. And that, I guess, is important. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Good thing to know. <laughs> Thank you for that that riveting. <laughs> so number one, multiple people can have starborn stuff. Multiple people can have starborn powers. Two, there's some starborn horn crystal of demon synchronicity. Cool. Can I just say, if I were Rune right now, wouldn't you be like so scared that somebody was gonna kidnap you? Well, he says he's like. Lol, my power is so weak I couldn't use the horn anyway. So like <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yeah, but he's like the best. He's all they got. Yeah. Right, he's all so they got, he but, should be yeah. a little worried, I think. He yeah. should be a little worried. Or as far as we know now. I don't know what you're talking about. He's yeah. all they got. He's yeah. all they got. <laughs> so the horn though was broken, and it can only be repaired by quote, light that is not light, magic that is not magic, which rune takes to mean it's impossible. And I was like, Okay. Okay, can we think about this for like five more minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you think they're just kind of like, no one needs to come up with a cryptic prophecy for something that's impossible, you know? Right, right. right. Like, let's use our, let's strap on them thinking caps for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've gotten some more clues, but they don't know what to make of it. So they decide now, and I guess they just didn't think of doing this earlier, to go ask the Oracle, a kind of omniscient quasi-demigod who also helps run the city. Unclear <laughs> why we're taking this long. About why someone wants the broken horn. Right. Rune and Bryce have both had bad experiences. So it makes sense that they wouldn't be like, let's go see the Oracle, because they don't want anything to fucking do with her. It also seems like Rune hasn't told Bryce what the Oracle told him. Mm. Do you want to do it again, Rach? Royal line ends with you, Prince. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So Hunt, who's never been to the Oracle, and in his defense, his life seems like traumatic enough, is going to be the one to go. So with that, everyone parts ways, and we kind of end with Lele being like, isn't it nice to have friends again? Oh. Oh. And I think that's kind of where we are. Like, the little squad is forming. Yeah. The gang's getting together. All right. So that's it for today. As always, would love to see you on Instagram, TikTok, Pod. Send us an email. We're really going to miss you this week, but we'll be back so soon. So soon. Bye, Bye. y'all. Bye. Bye.